Excellent. So, too, appreciate you taking the time to have a chat with me. And I got to congratulate you on completing level one. And a lot of people start things and don't finish it. So as soon as I see someone like yourself completing something, I always like to reach out and pat you on the back. Yeah, thank you. So tell me, how did you uh, get involved and what is your role in the industry at the moment? Um, at the moment, I am. Um, I own a gym. Um, I've just kind of built the gym in the last year or so. So it's still kind of a new gym and still... Um, developing it. Um, I'm doing a little bit of personal training as well, and, um, and and I'm an athlete as well. So I kind of I'm I'm there all day, every day. If you know what I mean. I certainly do, and I got to tell you, I'm very proud of you. I didn't realise you were as entrepreneurial as that. So the gym's something you started. Yep, yep. There was no gym out out where I am, and um, the community have been crying out for one um, for forever. And um, and so I just I, I, need, I needed to create a, a job for myself, and and I thought well that that's what I know so I just built what I knew and um, and it's still growing you know as I'm learning I'm the gym's growing so it's a good thing. So you're a little bit of a go getter. So how, what's the population of the area like? You know, what's how many people live in the town or? Oh, it's actually it's on, it's a coastal kind of area, so um, there's probably a couple of thousand people on the coast. Just it's quite scattered. Um, it's all along, um, you know, obviously along the beaches and the bays um, in the upper North Islands of New Zealand. So um, yeah, it's scattered, but people just come from near and far to the gym. A couple of people um, every week travel twice a week to um, to the gym, and it's about two hours away for them. So um, yeah, it's, it's, it's doing what it, it needs to do at the moment. So what's the name of your gym? It's called Fit Club. <laughs> and you have a, a you marketing on the internet? Yeah, I mean, we've got a Facebook page, Fit Club Ngunguru. Um, so, um, and, that, and that's pretty much all we did. We didn't do a whole lot of marketing. We didn't do a whole lot of um, advertising. It was really just word of mouth, and um, we've really got our, um, our membership base um, up. So just by just the word of mouth thing. So, yeah, that, and then that works for us in this kind of a community. Well, I think it works for anybody in any community. I encourage people to to act and, and serve in a way that you develop a reputation and, and you build your business based upon your referrals. You know, it's If you're relying purely on marketing, it's basically competing in, in a den of thieves because marketing can be pretty deceitful. Yeah, yeah, and it's. I, I think it's just about being honest with people about where they really at with their health and fitness, um, rather than give, you know giving them um, hopes and dreams about looking a certain way in a certain time. You know, so I think that's probably the biggest thing that I've um, learned over the years is just be really honest with people, and and you know, and that gets out, and people, you know, they tell their friends and they tell their family, and and it just grows. So yeah. Well, I'm very impressed, and I think we're on the same page with that one. So I've also got a big interest in in your genetics, your bloodline. So I'm going to take a guess. You've got some Kiwi, some real Kiwi, some Indigenous Kiwi in your bloodline. Yeah, I've got. Yeah, I'm I'm Māori, so um, yep, yeah. <laughs> it's that warrior kind of uh, that warrior instinct in me. I think that's why I, I think I've been so successful in say sports, but. Um, yeah, I think you just got to go out and get stuff, and rather than wait for it to just happen or fall onto your lap, um, yeah, you kind of create your own destiny and you, like you, like your own legacy. Good girl. I got to tell you, I grew up 
with with my island brothers and sisters. So I have a great delight in learning about your your culture and you know what islands people are from, etc. Um, yeah. So the, the true you know, the true last warriors of the world, I believe, are the island people. Yeah. Yeah. So, how did you stumble upon the level one course with our program? Yep. So I um I went and did a um I'm a powerlifter and I um have, have kind of been following Kathy Mullen for for a number of years and you know she's been a, a world champion you know, five times and uh, when you're a powerlifter you kind of look up to people and she was the one that I looked up to. Um, so I went to a three lift um course that Kathy was running and she spoke about you know, you, and she spoke about KSI, and just what she was saying kind of resonated within me. It, it just made sense. Um, you know, there were probably people there that were just kind of not quite with her, but it just, everything just made sense, and it just made things, um, for me as an athlete first, it just made things like, you know, I could actually do this. I could, you know, go on and one day maybe become a world champion if I just kind of follow this you know this way or this way of thinking, and um, and as a as a as a personal trainer, the same thing was going on in my head. It just things just made sense. You know, you talk about um, following your intuition and following your instinct and things like that in the course, and and I've always thought that that's what I should do, but because that's not how we're taught or what everyone else is doing, I never quite was okay with it. Um, so I kind of did and I kind of didn't, but now it kind of just all makes sense. So that's how I how I came across it. I mean, she talked about KSI. I looked it up. Um, I you know I got the emails and I just there was just no stopping me. I, this is just something that I wanted to do because it just and I and, I, and I'm going to say it again. It just makes sense. Well, I'm glad that concept of trusting your intuition and believing that you have answers that. Oftentimes, our educational system, for whatever reason, teaches that we don't know. And, you know, until we've done 20 years at university, we can't know. So I'm really happy that you were able to see what I've been teaching for, for a long time, which is, you know, we have a lot more answers and athletes know more answers and we just need to help them bring the answers to the table. So I'm going to assume that once you got stuck in the course, you know, apart from the first few chapters, which I, I acknowledge might have been a bit dry, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to well, at least hope that you enjoyed the course as you went through it. Oh, absolutely. Actually, the first two chapters were my favourite. Oh, God, there you <laughs> go. That, you know, that was the stuff that I knew. It was like you were saying stuff and it was like, I've already said, I, I said that, you know, like I've um, said that to someone or, you know, if it hurts, don't do it. You know, things like that. And then you, you know, you have it and it's in writing. So it's like, oh, I'm on the right track. I've kind of always been on the right track, but just didn't really have the someone to you know a mentor or some something to follow or just to say that I was on the right track or I was going the right way so um yeah those two the first two were actually yeah I think I, I when I as soon as I got it I, I started and the first one I was like yes I, I nailed this because I I know this stuff and it's <laughs> like I hadn't been taught it but I just knew it I don't I, I hope you understand what I'm saying yeah definitely um yeah, and as it got on, it, it got, you know, even more interesting and then, you know, you, you really got in-depth in with stuff and it helped me, one, as an athlete, um, understand my own training better and my uh, and my own body and just I, I listened more and I thought I did, but I, I really didn't. So um, that helped me grow and just as a, as a PT as well, it's just helped me think a lot more um, clearer about, you know, what's not necessarily what's right and what's wrong, but 
the way that I want to go, the way that I want to be as a trainer. I'm, I'm really impressed with what you're drawing from the course. And you know, I learned these things by focusing on what's best for the athlete. And then when I, when I learned some of those answers, I shed it back to the coach. So I didn't start out thinking, what, how should I teach this to the coach? The, the, what I teach to the coaches is, is, is quite simply what I've developed with, with athletes over a long period of time. So looking through the course and in retrospect, what are some of the other things that, that you saw as you know, things that really stood out to you or that we had light bulb moments, uh, things that you really resonated with or things that you think were made really unique? I, I think um, I loved I loved hearing about um, uh, oh there were so many things Ian <laughs> um, you know just to be able to trust trust your instinct and follow your intuition and it's okay and not be um, tempted to conform to everyone else because that's what everyone else is doing that's that was probably the biggest thing for me um, and and even for me as because uh, I'm still training still you know, trying to be an athlete is is the whole periodization stuff, you know, um, that, you know, I don't have to train twice a day, five days a week, and I'm still going to be okay if I, you know, if I get the right balance right, you know, things like that, and where that's come from, I thought that was really interesting, like, where that kind of training and those concepts have come from, and, you know, like, you know, I, I, I don't use steroids, so, you know, there's no way I could keep up, you know, with um, training twice a day, and, um, you know, seven days a week and, and still be on for every single training. So it just made more sense because, you know, there were times when I'd be training twice a day, five, seven days a week, and and I just I was tired. <laughs> I just got tired and tired and tired, and I just wondered why I wasn't doing it. And then you talk about it, and it's like, oh, it just makes sense now. So, you know, stuff like that, it's it's resonated with me as an athlete first and as a, as a trainer. So I just feel so much more empowered. Um, and just, you know, what people say, you know, don't, don't, just, don't just take that as gospel um, because a lot of the time they say this stuff, but, they don't even know where it's come from, you know, and you're talking about where stuff comes from and no one's done that before that I know of. So, you know, that's the stuff that I found really, really powerful. So there's some great things you, you raised there. And one of the things about training volume, and I, you know, when I started out in coaching in, in 1980 and I, I, did, I was getting involved with national level athletes and, and teams and we'd have coaches come in from other countries like the European countries and the Eastern Bloc and they'd come in with these high volume training programs and it shifted the whole country's training in a certain direction and I, I really you know at first I wanted well you know what's going on but I, then I got to understand things that people people don't want to see or don't want to know uh, about ergogenic drug use in sport and you know there's a continual perception that that, that doesn't occur etc but you know for me it's not a matter of whether it occurs or not it's whether People who aren't using drugs are being sucked into training on training programs that were developed for drug-based athletes, and I think the world, you know, the world lost the plot back in the eighties um, in many sports. But and I thought that was as bad as it gets. But you know, that was that was just a warm-up for what we're seeing now. We're seeing you know housewives, we're seeing general population people being sucked into that vortex of of that level of training and. Uh, you know, it's just a hypocrisy or a double standard. And for me, it's not about morality. It's about you know, just get a reality check, you know, understand where that influence came from and, and just decide which you know, which side of the coin that you want to live on. If, if And it says it's not a morality check, but don't go and train with that approach if you're not using the same, you know, drug program as those people. Absolutely. And, and understanding 
the influence of, of of the origins of thought. You know, it's it's always ironic for me to, to look at a sport and when I see a, a trend enter a sport, it, it often doesn't leave. It's like it, there's like a, a taint. And when I see new sporting teams start up and they've been influenced in a certain direction, that that culture stays at that sporting club for a long, long time. It, it take decades for it to, to go away, if it if ever. The other, the other thing I always find interesting is when I'm talking to physical preparation coaches around the world, whatever job description they want to give themselves, and they, they talk to me about the pressure they experience from their clients. And, and I've got my own thoughts on this, but the reality is the internet's there and, and, and the trends, particularly the, the, the marketed US trends, infiltrate the world through the internet. And most trainers ultimately capitulate throw their hands up and well i better give them what um, what they what they're reading in the magazine or what they're reading about on the internet how do you handle uh, that sort of pressure from clients yeah well i let them um and I, I have clients like that all the time i've actually got a couple of clients that do it every week um but now i just feel more empowered about how to answer um, where they're coming from, you know, I read it on the internet, this, 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 and this, and this is what I should be doing, but now I'm like, well, you know, I'm able to, I feel like now I just feel I'm able to um, communicate in a way um, that takes them back about to the point of where that started and why that started and how, what, what we're doing in the gym, where I'm going with them will give them the result they're after and actually they're not really after the result that they think they're after, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. I, I, I think you, you, I, I, that you picked up a, a bit of empowerment from what I've taught there to be able to talk to people and just ask questions and help them on their own journey of understanding. And obviously you know, we, we can't save everybody, but we can certainly guide people through the maze. And I say now that, there's a lot more information, um, but it's too easy to get. Whereas, you know, when back when Reg Park was wanting to work out how to be a bodybuilder in the 1940s, you know, just at the end of World War II, there wouldn't have been too much information. But I'm pretty sure that when he found information, it was probably pretty good. Where yeah. we're, we're in the flip side of that, coming here into in what, you know, in, in essence, is the leftover of the information age. So I just want to talk also about have you noticed. Uh, Injuries uh, or any changes in patterns of injuries in in your client base, not from your work, but from the people when they present to you. I, I think um, now because I'm I'm a lot more focused on you know body alignment and and, and balancing people's bodies. They um, tend to be now more. I just don't get the oh this is sore and this is sore and this is sore. I don't I don't I don't get any of that anymore. And if anything, if they've had um, an injury or, or, or a little niggle before that hasn't been, say, created in the gym, I've been able to um, guide them into maybe how to strengthen that particular area. And so they're feeling better about their body and feeling more balanced and more, um, for, for a lot of them, a lot more stable. And, yeah, it's been... Um, it's been a really big change in my gym. I've really, really noticed that uh, the amount of people that had already had injuries come in, and now I'm, you know, giving them a bit of advice or guidance um, in a certain area, um, and they are feeling stronger all over, rather than maybe just on one side and one part or one leg or 
So what I noticed in the late 80s, I, I started to see my first group of injuries in terms of some of the athletes I was working with. And I, after about two shoulder reconstructions that I re- rehabilitated, I said, that's enough. And by the time three and four came along, and I swear there's never going to be any more. And they were athletes that I'd basically inherited. Uh, they weren't a product of my training. But having said that, I, I said, I'm not going to do any more of these. And that was really the catalyst for me. You know, as I said, some of those earlier rehabilitation jobs I did in the, in the last half of the 1980s, by the 1970s, sorry, by the 1990s, I noticed the, the world was not going in a better place. It was actually going in a worse place. So I wrote in my first edition of Winning and Losing, I think, 97, I wrote that most training causes more damage than good. And and I thought that was bad. But now we're nearly 20 years later after I wrote those words, which, you know, heading towards 2017, and I reckon we're up about 400% on where we were before. I'm actually looking forward to the opportunity I'm going to get to, to speak at a, a conference in Canada in, in a month's time because I really want to address this issue. I'm, I don't know whether I'll be able to change the direction of the world, but I'll certainly be able to save if or help a few people who are willing to listen because if I thought the situation was bad in the 80s and 90s, and that's one of the reasons I also developed the lines of movement concept was to teach people how to balance, uh, create balance through the body and strength training uh, through horizontal vertical push and pull and quad and hip dominance. But I don't know why, uh, but we've really globally lost the plot and the only people that would be rubbing their hands together would be the injury rehabilitation industry like the the joint replacements and the pharmaceuticals, etc. But I I don't feel good about endorsing or contributing to people losing their quality of life when they're out there training to make themselves better. So I'm really – I'm very happy that you have joined my – mission of giving people an opportunity to actually achieve the goal of training which is to make your body better not worse yeah absolutely and for me that's been um since i started ksi um that's been my sole focus in the gym um with regards to training or um giving advice or direction to my members and to my clients is um actually we're going to leave all that and we're going to we're going to start again and we're going to make sure everything you know, is working right and that, and that our lines of movement are, you know, are clear and we know what we, you know, we know how to go forward, everything's strong, back and front, you know, things like that. And they've, um, you know, they've, they've just taken it on board because I, I say that this is the way and they kind of follow, so it's, it's okay. Um, and it, it's really worked for them, yeah. I'm listening to your voice, your tone, your, your commitment, your, your your enthusiasm, your, your honesty, your, your genuineness in helping people. I'd be real happy to be one of your clients. I'm really proud of what you're doing there. And I, I'm, I'm really impressed because in the ideal world, I'd like to have someone like you in every, every corner of the globe simply to know that the message is getting out there and that people are getting a better opportunity. And it's not – I don't like this I'm right, you're wrong stuff or we're better than you or stuff, but – I genuinely believe that what I teach will give people a far better outcome than what they're receiving in the majority of exposures. So I'm real happy to have you a part of the program, Tui. Awesome. Thank you, Ian. So is there any question that you wanted to take advantage of of this moment and ask me? Is there any, you know, any anything that came from the course that you were wondering about? I mean, in the ideal world, you, you should, I believe as a student, you should always have a, a, at least one question you're seeking to resolve. Uh, at a time, if not more, um, but life is uh, well. The learning journey is definitely uh, a question at a time. So, if there's anything I can help you with now, I'm more than happy to to chat with you about that. I guess um, for me, it's about um, 
the question is more about, you know, I I know this is your legacy, and um, you know, and one day I I, I want to you know get, be able to get go through all the courses and 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 get to the kind of last one, um, and and then go on and and continue um your legacy, um, so. What what is it that for you? What is it that um, what is it that you see um, your coaches being at the end of say the KSI um, course, great, the final course? Yeah. yeah, great question. You know the the interesting thing is it was a really a, an evolution, and, and and it's been an evolution that now I can look back. We've been running our online educational program now since 1999 so what we're at um, 16 years we've been at it again continually refining it but I've got coaches now that have been with me since since the start so I, I actually have learned that there is no end point and that's yeah. that's because I've taken on the the responsibility of ensuring that I can teach continuously in other words if, if there was the depth of Content. If the competency change was limited, and after you know x number of years they ran out of ideas, then that would be different. But I've had the the the, the pleasure of working with athletes, coaches, and, and in some cases multi generational athletes and coaches. You know, you know, over a 10, 15 year period continuously throughout a competitive career. So I've had to continually improve and be able to continually improve them. So I have no challenges uh, with a coach who wants to stay in the program and. and just get better and better and better. So in answer to the first part of the question, there is no necessarily there is there end, uh, and I'm really happy with that because it is it is a journey. But some of the milestones along the way, and I'm going to share with you, give you some clarity, because this is really different, I think, you know, from other programs. For me, it's about how you live your life. And we're coaches because we've got a passion for coaching. But that doesn't mean that that, that passion should deny us from having things in life that other people have. So, for example, if we have family and we want to look after our family, I believe we should have the financial means to be able to do so. If we have a desire to, to pursue another passion, an interest, or hobby, or want to go and live in another country, I believe we should have the opportunity to do so. So there's two things that I want coaches to have. I want them to have the choice of how much they work and where they work. So I want them to have that choice who they work with, when they work, how, but I also want them to have the choice from a financial position because many people work because they feel they have no choice. You know, if they take a day off here, and I have people say, you know, I'd love to come to your course, but I can't because that's two days off work and I'll fall behind. And I understand it because I was there once. So beyond sets and reps, the the upper end of our program, as a, as a benchmark of progress, we look to establish them to being in a in – a, a financial position and a time management position where they live life with choice. So we do that by becoming incredibly competent as coaches. So, so from a demand on your services perspective, if you're really, really, really good at what you do, and I'm talking about really good at what you do, not not just because you said something on the internet, not because you faked some testimonials, not because you wrote a bio that talked you up to be 10 times the person you are, but really, really good because thousands of people have said, Tui's really, really good and you should go and see her. When you, when you have that level of market reputation about your competence, you can work anywhere, anytime with anybody. So I believe that becoming competent gives you a vehicle to, to, to have choice in life. But for me, it, it's not just good enough to have that because life's too narrow. But you need to have that because you can, that is your cornerstone of your profession. 
So in, ad in addition to that, then we teach a greater holistic approach to, to life, including the business and money management, etc., because we want our people to be financially independent. So I'm talking about things that nobody really talks about in the industry, and I'm sure they'll imitate it in time. I'm talking about competence so that you'll never, ever wonder if someone wants to work with you, and I'm talking about financial independence, so to be financially independent in your lifetime. Now, as a, as a measurement of the first one, I tell people, you can get a job, that's fantastic, and you can even have a gym, that's fantastic, but the real test of competency is if you are not employed by a team, not employed by Institute of Sport, and you don't have a gym, could you have people coming to you in an endless stream, unless you turn the tap off, demanding your services? Now, so I'm not saying job's bad or having a gym's bad, but I'm saying the ultimate test is to, to, to be in the absence of both and still have demand for your services. So we really want people to have a level of competence that, that they can choose. And most of my top-end coaches take advantage of that choice. And then secondly, to help people guide them along in all aspects of life so that they live happy, fulfilled lives where they can ex take advantage of choice. Because you know, I don't think it's good enough for other, other professions to have the choice that for some reason physical preparation coaches just seem to think, well, you know, this is our profession. We're low-income earners who walk, work a split shift in the morning and night will bitch about who doesn't turn up and will scrape through day to day. I mean, that's, that's not – I don't believe that's adequate. And I set about to change that after I realized I was one of the highest paid in, in, in my industry in the world. This was some time, many years ago. But I said, I, I'm, I'm time poor. So – and I didn't have assets to show for it. So I, I, I went on some journeys in. This is through the 90s, et cetera. And now I teach those things. So I know it's a long answer, Tui, but um, That's I, awesome. I want you to support your passion for coaching and helping people. But at the higher level, our goal is to, is to guide you to a place of choice. Absolutely. Sounds good. Well, a lot of people talk about it, and, but, you know, we actually do it. And we've got, um, you know, coaches in our program who are walking examples of what I'm talking about. So that that is uh, that is somewhat of a, a destination point for me, if you could use that word. And and the only thing we're working against is conditioning of people. You know, people are so conditioned as to what they can and can't do and what they can and can't be. And uh, you know, that's they've got to find their own spirit and their own path. But you know, the vehicle is there. Awesome, thank you. Oh, you're welcome too. So I, I tell you what, I, I always love chatting with my island brothers and sisters. I know I said that at the start. Awesome. But um, you know, absolutely beautiful people, and I'm really, really impressed with you as a, as a person and the passion and your voice, and looking forward to having an ongoing involvement with you in our program because I think you really add a lot. Awesome. Thank you so much. I know our listeners will get a lot of value to it, so I appreciate it. Thanks, Tui. Awesome.